I think we got kicked out because we're a group of black people. And like, I guess people, what's going on in America, they're afraid we're gonna say something or do something. But we just really want to watch the rally and to get kicked out because we're a group of black people. It's, it's really crazy. crazy. It's, it shows you how racist our own school is that we can't even go to our own school conference. Fuck down, try. Fuck down, try. Yeah, nigga, fuck down, try. Yeah, yeah, fuck down, try. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, nigga, fuck Donald Trump. All right. Well, that's a way to start something, huh? Yeah, I don't know. What's what's going on, Mikhail? Chilling Chaz in the green hood. Cheers to you, my friend. Yes, cheers to you as well. Audible. We go. It sounded all right. Right. Um. So, fuck Donald Trump. Right. Interesting. Uh. Beginning of a tale. Uh. For everyone who's listening out there, live, free on the internet. We don't have a name for this show yet, so don't don't be too expecting of that. It, it's our inaugural show. We're inaugural. we're, we're kind of like feeling it out. You know. Pilot. We are. Uh. Yeah. We're pilot. We're Denzel Washington in flight right now, piloting this thing. Sans cocaine. Yeah. Sans cocaine. Well, he did all right on cocaine. I mean, in the end, he saved a lot of lives. People need to recognize. I mean, that's because he was a drunk, and cocaine, when you're a drunk, really gives you out of that like drunky state. It's weird. It's like, you're playing, you know, weird brain stuff with your brain. Drugs are weird that way. But to set it up, because everyone listens to podcasts years later and months later, it's not really a point to name it. But it is December the fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. So we are right in the taint between Obama's duck end of his presidency and uh, Donald Trump's inauguration, speaking of inaugural. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2016 was a crazy year. It it really was, man. And uh, in my mind, I got a few kind of hot topic things that we can hopefully get to. Um, and I guess we'll... In my mind, I'll bring them up, and if you think of something, let's bring that up. But if I could go all the way back, let's go back to, like, the beginning of the year when we started and uh, January. Okay, okay. Coming into this and the whole Bernie experience. Let's go back to that because people, if you really look back to it, Bernie was not a factor 18 months ago, but he was a factor a year ago. And that's right when his name came out. And and all those people, like our friends, who got behind him, and he, he I don't even know if you could say he finished third. Like, in the end, they just kind of, like, left him behind, you know? I mean, I think, I think after we heard that, I think that Bernie really did get his base riled up. And <clears throat> I think if you look at what happened with Brexit and if you look at what happened with our um, election, people our age, like 24 or like 18 to 34 market. Right. Right. We were all about the Bernie Sanders. Like there's a few of us who were with Hillary. I mean, I guess we should cite our sources on that. But like, don't, yeah. So I mean, that's just me shooting from the hip. But but I feel like what he said is true. <coughs> Is that we gotta do stuff at the local level and right, which I agree with. And and full disclosure, uh, I was I was with Hillary, um, and that's it's not a, it's not a popular thing to say. But at this point, I would be a liar if I went back now and said, oh, I was super into Bernie. Like, I I didn't recognize what this election was about. Um, I just I, I graduated with a political science degree in 2012. 
and we studied the 2016 prospective election as like a case study. Oh, okay, and okay. In my class, the the election when it came down after the primaries, t- it came down to Chris Christie versus Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton won. And Hillary Clinton beat me and my group at the time. Uh, I was in the Biden supporter group. I was a. I'm a big Biden guy. I it, no Biden's it, cool people. If you want to talk about the blue collar revolution that Donald Trump's riding into the White House, I want to say that the biggest supporter of the blue collar revolution has always been Joe Biden. He's from Scranton, Pennsylvania, the hometown of The Office. You know what I mean? Uh, he rode the train to Washington his entire time as a senator. Um, he's a down to earth guy. So it's funny that he wasn't in in the election. And the guy who gets elected is a billionaire on the backs of poor people. It's it's the whole election is just topsy turvy craziness. I mean, there is a president that did make that quote about like the easiest way to make someone vote against their interest is to make the even the lowest white man feel better than the richest black man, and you'll always get. And that's how. And that's what I feel like. That's what happened in this election is that. The Democrats didn't know they had a fractured base, and they have a completely fractured base. Like, they have their well-to-do affluent people who vote for them always, like, you know, the oligarchs and uh, everything like that, whatever you want to call them. And then you have, like, people like us, working-class people who, you know, are struggling to survive but are liberal about stuff. Like, we care about gay marriage. We care about weed legalization. We want to have the ability to actually be a part of the corporate ladder by not having to pay an arm and a leg to go to college right Right. it's like it's stuff like that and i feel like both sides can use stuff like that but ever since the election or right before the election i've been consuming a lot of conservative media and i've come what i've observed through it all it's all about the ability to have freedom the ability to make your own choices and in that turn to make your own mistakes and anything else that is a government funded thing if it gets too big you might become lazy it might be a handout like things like that so i can kind of see where those two things are in contention with people like me which is like hey man we had cool education we'd have smarter people if we had smarter people we do better as a country right well and so kind of rewinding back to the fact that uh um 2016 and so bernie is this factor he comes storming into 2016 I mean, if you were to ask the normal Democrat at that moment uh, who's going to be on the ticket, I think people thought Bernie could do it, despite the name recognition of Clinton and her clear, like, uh, support of the, um, oh, what do you call them, the big giant super funds and... uh, Oh, super PACs? Super PACs, and the fact that, you know, her money was guaranteed. So, So it was always the fact that he had to fight her money that everyone was worried about Bernie. But I think if you circle January 2016, the mentality of the Democrat that supported Bernie saw the light and actually thought this could happen. Oh, yeah, no, I thought it could happen. And I I was a funny person because I was the foolish one who said, oh, the only thing that can happen is Hillary getting elected. And that's where I'm part of this part of the Democrats that completely missed the bill on this election. We missed what it was about. We missed where the battleground states were going to be. We missed that our candidate could never be construed as a change candidate, and this was 100% a change election. And if the party wanted to win, 
the incumbent Clinton namesake just couldn't run this time. And the party system didn't allow for that. And even though I misread it and I saw what, when I studied, we talked about constituencies and, and voter registrations and immigration and the fact that Washington gained an electoral seat is because 35,000 people moved here and all these other things that add up to a change in the electoral college and where the numbers go. And it all bled blue when you looked at the numbers. What we didn't know was Michigan, Ohio, and Pennsylvania were getting courted by his rhetoric of, I will give you jobs. So, so here's the thing. like I actually read a lot of different um, articles that were talking about that. I was reading articles about, I think it was after the town hall debate. Right. And um, there's this one guy, because I'm from Pennsylvania, and outside of Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, you got a lot of dudes who are just, you know, working, even in Philadelphia, actually. You got a lot of people working blue-collar jobs, right? It's just kind of like, you know, I work my job. I want to take care of my family. On Sundays, I'm watching football, you know, or I'm going to throw the ball out with my kid out in the suburbs or whatever, right? Like, it's really laid back. It's really blue-collar, right? Yeah. But it's never it, – well, Philly, at least, was blue-collar, but it was also blue. liberal, yeah. right? yeah. But I remember when I was reading articles back then and this dude was sitting in the bar and he's all like, yeah, Hillary isn't talking to me, but at least Donald Trump is talking about jobs. And I was like, and I think I even posted on Facebook a few times. I'm like, Hillary, you got to talk to the people that Donald's talking to or else you ain't going to get elected. Right. And lo and behold, she did not get elected. She didn't get elected. And so, you know, to rewind this to be about Bernie in the sense that, I mean, we could talk about Hillary, and I mean, eventually we should, but right now, I think it the way that she had to go through the campaign and just basically become the villain is is despicable in my mind as far as how we would treat a statesman. I mean, they're called statesmen. I'll call her a stateswoman if you want. Mm -hmm. A statesperson. But it's not in our history how we've ever treated states people. And um, that was disturbing to me. The fact that she's also a woman, so it uh, carries a lot of a misogyny in the sense. It doesn't have to, and I'm not like just writing that check, making that sweeping statement that because she didn't get elected, it's due to the power of misogyny. But I'm saying... It's a factor, though. It's a big It factor. is a factor out there. And we, we need to take that into consideration. And... Um, so, but yeah, so her, her dynamic is like a whole episode, if you really want to go through what went wrong with that. But to bring it about Bernie, because what I'm thinking in my mind is kind of like circling the topics as we went through them in 2016. And you got to think, he was like this tidal wave coming into January, and it was like, oh my God, this socialist, quote-unquote, by himself, social democrat, is going to get elected. And to know that the path therein the next few months took that away from him it's an interesting democracy that we have because there were definitely a lot of people that that turned them off from this election oh yeah no it was definitely so the democrats or, or as i think somebody might be mad at me if i call them the oligarchical uh democrats right i mean com right. coming well, out of office yeah I mean, no no that's those are the hillary supporters right, right. The people who I feel like I went to a private school in Philadelphia uh -huh. and a lot of the parents of the children I went to school with, I feel like are heavily um, I Hillary supporters. I fully was a Hillary supporter based <laughs> on the idea that it was an extension of the Barack Obama administration. Oh, no, that totally makes That's sense. That's a thousand percent. I was voting for four more years of Barack and right. the only way I could, which was Hillary. And 
you know, looking at how this election was way more about change and all of the things that occurred this year. Right. But I like what I was what I wanted to say is like it leads into the reason why people like me became Bernie supporters. Right. Is because Democrats were basically like, fuck you, working class blue people. Right. And yeah. And he was like, working class people, I hear you. Right. This isn't working for you. You're the so, backbone. Right. So like. So what what so what happened is like or at least how I view it uh the reds they had uh, their affluent people and uh, they had their working class people working as one unit but the democrats had the affluent people voting Hillary uh-huh. and the working class people voting Bernie and then uh, I noticed it and I fucking hated it when it happened as soon as Hillary won it felt like schoolyard taunting between the Hillary supporters saying, "Well, we sorry, sorry, like sorry, your candidate didn't win. You're gonna have to vote for Hillary now." Right. And then that, oh my God, if you if no, you know people, bad. you know people are gonna be like, "Fuck you, no." Yeah, right. Just like that was that's bad. what they're gonna do. No, and, and that and that and that probably that entire attitude on her part probably cost her the election. I would I would not doubt that. Like, um. All right, well, so that's the Bernie factor starting. Let's get in January. We're moving through. So we're in January. Now, another major topic, and it, it didn't even hardly come up in the election, and I'm curious, but clearly the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, yeah. F- coming out of the shootings, and it goes beyond 2016 into 2015 and beyond. You know, clearly our history. But I mean, it's been happening since right. the 1970s. Right. Honestly, right? No, no like, to be real, yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, so that that's even. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't even say that. Like, of course, it goes back to slavery. It goes back to slavery, right? Yeah. But like right. all the stuff we're seeing now is it an is example more repre- of why technology, like technology, is bringing it to the forefront. Right. Like this, this shit has been happening for years. Right. And people don't think it's been happening for years. I, you could say you're not woke, but like that's because nobody, there was nobody sitting there it with a camera that could stream stuff to right. Facebook saying, "Look at the shit that I'm in right now. This shit is fucked up." And there was definite blatant ignorance by the part of the people who weren't being exposed to it. So all the people who weren't seeing it firsthand were 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 taking it as kind of a side. It was an aside. Like, oh, I hear that all the time, but I don't know. But so bringing that up, it's a it's a hot button issue. Clearly, you know, uh, it's tied to so the Black Lives Matter movement is tied to the um, minorities being shot by police. So it's really kind of this it's this three pronged head thing because it comes down to the Black Lives Matter movement as a movement, which we can talk about because that's actually its own specific thing mm-hmm. with with what it means and what, what its founder goes and says and how people take it and, and it, it as itself is, is, is a thing now. And people are, some are completely misinterpreting it. Well, so, so this is how I feel. I okay. feel like not enough people understand what black people go through on an everyday basis that in their, in our culture we've normalized as like, Oh shit! Like when we say "fuck the police," we say "fuck the police" because they they harass us all the time. Right. It, it's "fuck the police" because, uh, like, fitting the description is real shit. Right. It, it's like so. If I want to look at it from a psychological level, right? And I was watching this video on how people make decisions, 
and it, the decisions are on um, system one is basically like your instinct, like the things you do really quickly. Okay. And system two is the things you have to like think about a little bit more and actually come to a clearer view. Right. And it seems like every like everything that comes from that is system one. It's like all this stuff that I think I know about black people because of what I've watched on TV and maybe what my daddy told me. Right. I'm immediately going to be like, oh, look at that dude over there, gangbanger. Hey, you must be doing something because you fit the description. Right. And the description is that, oh, my God, you're black and you're dressed a certain way or it's just you're black so you must be doing this right and no it's so so there's that and like and i and i i want i want you to you're definitely going to comment on all of this but i want to get out so that was prong one it's a three-pronged attack when we we look at this issue just even in a generalized sense because you have that you have the black lives matter movement in itself which is is a hashtag it's a thing but but you'd have to understand no 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 no, no, no. no no i have to say this okay the movement is a fever pitch of all the bullshit black people have taken. Right. No, no, no. I understand that. Since the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. No. Right. But what I'm saying. Okay. So I'm setting this up as like, yo, it's this discussion. This topic takes, in my mind, these three major points, and then there's ancillary points. But the Black Lives Matter movement is part of it. So that's prong one. So let me not. Qu- I'll quit describing it because I really wasn't trying to like make sense of what it is. Because I really was just introducing it as a topic. And then prong two is the the shootings. So and because they in themselves have there's there's uh, there's cases there's places. There's yeah, but it, those are like I don't I don't think you can you can't I, it's hard to separate those two because right. that was the catalyst for the movement right. taking off. So that's what I'm saying. So three pronged, and then the third prong of that is the actual actions of these police. So it's like you have you have this entity that we believe is there to protect us as it's described. We have this movement that is about empowerment and describing and and bringing to light an issue that's clearly always been there, but the the point is of bringing attention and and eyes and and ears. And then there's these atrocities and and these cases and these um, acquitted uh, people. You know, and so and so that as a whole is part of 2016. Is these police shootings, the way police brutality works, and the Black Lives Matter movement? And I was curious for you, like, how do you how do you see this 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 soup of these problems that have come together? How do you how do you, what do you think is going to come out of it? Is Black Lives Matter movement does it speak to you of the problem? Are you is it a movement that you support, and why? There, we'll start with that. Okay, no, I support it because, like, people are ignorant. Like, and, and I mean, like, they don't know how bad it is if you live in in the hood. Even to the point where um, there is a YouTube channel called Prager University, right? Okay. And then they are conservative as fuck, right? Okay. And they have a video that talks about proactive policing, and proactive policing is basically the most Ouroboros thing you can do. So if you lis- ever listen to conservative media people, right. they will definitely give you, like when you saw Tammy on uh, The Daily Show, she she is one of those I'm going to regurgitate from the playbook right. type of people. Right. And uh, Stop and frisk worked. That's right. What they say. Shit like that. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things is the whole, well, if black people commit 50% of the crimes, right? And then so what proactive policing does is take those statistics that are already biased from the fact that they're already doing 
proactive policing, and that's in quotations because it's racial profiling just right. in a sexier, I can make it official name, but it's, it's racial fucking profiling. It's the alt-right package. Right, exactly. And they take that racial profiling because you can't know the statistics for the things you don't look for. Right. right? And that's what people miss about that is that it keeps happening because that's all you're fucking looking for the entire time. Right. So if you look at all, like, if you're just like, oh, well, I think the bad apples are over here. Well, I found some bad apples. I guess in every type of black barrel, there must be a bad apple. So I guess I got to keep checking the black barrels for the bad apples. Right. But then there can be, like, this big-ass white barrel that has a shit ton of bad apples, but they go, well, ship it anyway because we don't check those ones. Right. And that's what proactive policing is, and it's stupid. And But then that cylindrical thing happens, and they're like, but I got statistics, bro. I got right. statistics that tell me that 13% of your population is committing 50% of the murders. What the fuck you going to do? And then I'm like, well, no, because right. you guys aren't checking everybody who's doing murders. If you compare that to the fact that 65% of murders in the state of in the city of Seattle go unsolved, right? right? Like, then that means you're only getting data from the ones that are solved. And if right. that was from Seattle, that's 35%. Right. And that's a low margin. And I've never like gotten 35% on a test. And they're like, well, you basically got all of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's how they treat it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a D. And it's even actually an F. So, yeah. Um, so that's yeah. So that's a big one, and and we don't have to unpack all that in this episode. So I'm like moving through the year. So you have this Black Lives Matter movement. We have police shootings. We have we have this 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 fervent environment. We have this debate going on amongst like at the time probably about six candidates. You know, where where you have the the the, the major two plus one on the on the left, and you had about five white dudes on the right, and. Ben Carson. I don't know. What do you, what is your opinion of Ben Carson? I, I Fuck <laughs> Ben Carson. Like, like like fuck his shucking and jiving ass. I'm sorry. Like Ben like I read his book Think Big when I was younger. Really? Okay. Right, yeah. And my dad was really big into him because he did like he is an accomplished person. He Took was the over first ever and like no no no. He is the first ever person to separate two um conjoined twins at the head. He is actually a brilliant neuroscientist, wow. right? That's just his niche, though. He should stick to fucking neuroscience, right? Right, but no, he wants to come in here being like, "I, I want to be a um, a presidential candidate," and you don't even know how to walk out on the stage correctly. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, you can't, you can't be doing us like that, right? Yeah, there's not many times where, as a black man, I'm, I'm yelling at someone, "You can't be doing us like that," right? Right, but. Do you remember Michael Steele in 2012 and 2008? Oh uh, no. He was he was the other I don't want to say token Republican black guy, but that season he kind of was. Oh, um, remember Herman Cain though? Herman Oh, Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Herman Cain uh, but but then my favorite forever is the uh the rent is too damn high party guy. Like Yo, Wrangle. <laughs> Oh, I no, like not Wrangle. No, Wrangle was someone else. I'm all right with that guy, though, man. He had the mutton chops. The mutton chops were on point. Dude, with the gloves, the glove, leather gloves at the podium. Oh, dude, the mutton chops, the leather gloves, and then the best slogan ever. Fuck Make America Great Again. Rent is too damn high. And, and that's real <laughs> fucking talk. That's second cheers. Right, that all was right. real fucking yeah. talk. And... So yeah, Michael Steele eventually he became the uh, head of after I I don't know which of the elections he became the Republican chairman, the chairman of the Republican Party, and it was I think must have been post two thousand eight, and a lot of people thought it was like 
Obama gets elected, Republicans choose a chairman who's black, and that way they can win in 2012. Because it was like, no, we like you. But then none of their policies, and then they put Mitt Romney up. They put Mitt Romney was the wrong choice if they were trying to win. Right? I, I mean, the, the he, whitest guy ever. He and was a, Republican as shit. And a lot of people said, here's the thing, and now looking at how this election said, a lot of people said they tanked 2012. A lot of people said Mitt Romney, the only reason the Republicans accepted Mitt Romney is because they weren't going to march one of their better candidates out there to lose to Obama. And so they kind of gave Mitt the nod, knowing he'd get beat and focus their energies on 2016 because they wouldn't have an incumbent to battle. They would have to battle this newcomer, and they were pretty sure it was going to be Hillary. Oh, no, I can't. I mean, that So there was, there was some talk about that in 2012, 2013. And I, now can see, I can see them kind of doing that, right? That sounds uh, conspiracy theory-y, but... It's-esque. It's-esque, it's yeah, yeah. but, it's, but it's not so far written as, like, the Arizona primary for the Democrats. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, like fiction is often stranger than, or reality is often stranger than thick fiction. That so. that is very true. So, so okay. So we, we have those movements. We have this election. We have all that moving through, and then we're hitting the summer, and um, we start into and we start hearing about this oil pipe, and this whole thing happening in North Dakota. Oh, Standing Rock. And 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 at first it was kind of quiet. You saw a couple you, like late July, I want to say early August, you'd see a couple things about it, but it wasn't like the movement it is now or was when it ended or if it is it ended, but I mean Well, anyway. last time I checked there was some sort of injunction by um uh, the, the government agency that has to approve all that stuff. I can't uh, remember the specific. Army Corps of Engineers. There it is. The Army Corps of Engineers. They there put is. an injunction of some kind that's supposed to block them. And, well, yeah, to say that they they rescinded their uh, permits. They were basically saying it's, uh, it needs more. They need to look at uh, adjusting it. So, so that was a win. So when that started happening at first, and most people weren't paying attention to it when it first occurred, mm-hmm. um, uh, we, have, we have this pipeline and it's going to go through tribal land. And like and this is this is how 2016 is so crazy is like and meanwhile, meanwhile not to like offset it cuz we pretty much focused on here I mean we've lived here. Meanwhile, there were bombings and terrorist attacks going on in other parts of the world. Like this whole Aleppo Aleppo. In Syria, Aleppo, and and holy fucking shit! Yeah, and I think well, in Orlando happened in February, so we had a shooting in the Orlando. The Pulse shooting, yeah. yeah. Damn, this year, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah fuck 2016. 2016 was kind of <laughs> kind of a bitch, yeah. Like for real, it was it was not it it, and so. And that's you know you know to be fully honest, this is the reality, and we have to see in 2017 if this gets proven wrong. Donald Trump wasn't even the worst thing that happened in 2016. Damn, that's some fucked up shit. But I like part of me kind of agrees with that. Right. Right. Like like that's I guess if I was being a selfish American, I'd be like, no, fam. Uh, Donald Trump is pretty fucking bad. Right. But then I'm like, no, 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 slow your roll. Aleppo is fucking worse. Aleppo is way worse. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's what's so strange is, like, as Americans, we definitely, even when we think we're woke or we're, we're, we're focused on what's happening, 
you know, we can miss the fact that even on our worst day with our worst candidate, we're we're not the worst. It's not terrible. It's not. It's not. I know. And you Asterisks never want at, at the moment, right? Because twenty seventeen could prove different. But I would have to admit, as someone who lived through Bush and his whole presidency. People say that, but, like, Bush wasn't putting on, like, neo-Nazis in his cabinet and shit. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like Bush was just a fucking, like, fucking idiot, man. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. God. So I guess that co- that's where we go. Then So then, so no, so, I mean, not to give Standing Rock, I mean, so it, at its main point, everyone I knew who was on the internet, on Facebook, and social media was against this pipeline. And in some way or shape had posted an Instagram photo or a Standing Rock photo or a link to or checked in or did something to be a part of this movement or went there. A few of my friends actually did go there. One of my friends went... And the day he arrived was the day that the Army Corps of Engineers announced that they, they had rerouted the pipe. But they had brought a bunch of blankets and stuff down from Portland. So uh, people were still there when they got there. So they gave them out blankets. But, um, but yeah, the point being, uh, it, everyone I knew was, was, was you know, for, for that stopping. And it's just funny that, that that would represent millions of people because it's my small sample and if you take a sample of a population and you use statistics and you do a whole analysis whatever there's millions of people that felt that way and yet nothing was being done for months and it literally took the endangerment of their lives with the whole freezing water being sprayed on them by the cops and the snow for the army corps to come up with this decision and i almost thought it was just because loss of life would be on their hands it was almost as if they were getting to the point where they wouldn't be able to prevent that. that someone was going to die of hypothermia or exposure. They were going to be so passionate that they would push themselves to the limit and end up like into the wild where that guy ends up in a... Oh, yeah, no, they were standing up for their rights. I, right. mean, I mean... Some people were going to be willing to die. Right. I mean, it's a treaty from the 1900s right. that they were stomping over. Right. And uh, they... And I'm sure they had an idea because I think that pipeline has been in the works since 2014. Something like that. Right. Yeah. And then they were running in the same issues back in 2014, I believe. And that so it had to get rerouted yeah, south think, of two Bismarck, separate times. South of Bismarck because Bismarck population in a city council, one city council meeting voted it out and it went in a different direction. Mm, okay. So I guess all the Native Americans had to do was get together and vote once, right? And it, it wouldn't have gone through I, their land. I, I don't I don't think that's how it fucking <laughs> right? works. But so strange. <laughs> so so and that almost ties into Black Lives Matter. It's like, you know, Native American Lives Matter. And I know that's not an all lives matter thing because that's the mistake people make. Saying Native lives Native American lives matter is not an antithesis to Black Lives Matter. You're also also finding a that's because um what what Black Lives Matter is implying by with Black Lives Matter, which is Black Lives Matter as well, isn't right. what the the uh, what the neo Nazis are taking Black Lives Matter is, which is only Black Lives Matter or more, more right. or, or, only. or more, right? More or only, right? So and it's 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 more so it's saying. We've been excluded. Please include. So, in a sense, if you use the term "native lives um, matter," you're not stepping on it because you're also taking an entrotted minority group who who feels 
like they're being ignored. But if you say all lives matter in antithesis to it, because you can say that just as a statement, if none of these movements existed and you just walked out and you were like, you know what, I feel like all lives matter, you would be making a correct statement. That is a full out correct statement. But if you are saying all lives matter in argument to someone who's making a minority statement like black lives matter or native lives matter or whatever, you're literally telling them that they don't matter. You're saying, no, 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 you're trying to make a point and I get it, but no, you're wrong. We all are good. And they're like, yeah, but no, there's all these problems and we like need them to be recognized. And they're like, no, 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 but about that, about that, about that. No, 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 we're all good. Yeah, you would only respond with all lives matter if you thought they were saying only black lives matter. Like that that's that's the only way that retort makes any sense. Right. Right, you you wouldn't be like if someone was like like if someone Dogs was lives some matter. Di- disenfranchised <laughs> group and the popular group, and they're like, yeah, you know, Trojans matter, and they're like, you know, Spartans matter as well too. Like, no, 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 right? Yeah, like they'd be like, you'd be like, Spartans matter, I'm like you know, all Romans matter. I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's anachronism. I'm yeah. sorry, guys. But I mean, you could do it. <laughs> you could do it with pets because everyone loves pets, and they have this whole thing. It's like at this point in life, I feel like some of Americans love animals more than people and it's like and I mean I get that to an extent just on the innocence level but to some degree you're being an idiot because it's like you're hurting people by not actually caring about them like literally mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah if you said all dogs matter and they're like all animals matter and <laughs> like but like meanwhile some guy's like torching dogs and you're like yo my point being, this guy should stop torching these fucking dogs. Yeah. I think dog lives fucking matter. And the guy's like, yeah, all lives matter. <laughs> like, like that's some fucked up shit. Well, yeah, no, that's that, um, <laughs> uh, what's it, on Facebook and social media, they have that uh, analogy with the houses, right? And one house person's house is burning down. The other person has water on the house and there's nothing's going on. He's like, all lives matter, or all houses matter. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, but also specific. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and 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 I think that's I think that's lock her up. That's email scandal. It's it's the group of people that want to be against liberal movements doesn't even need facts. They don't have to know that it's true. They just have to believe it. But I mean, that's humanity in general. Like, like that's what we're up against. Like you, like humanity is isn't by default critically thinking right critical thinking is a learned skill and it, it takes a long it takes a while to develop that skill too right right because we as humanity we are animals because I, I was waiting for the bus today and, and some and one lady was like well i'm not an animal and i, I and that, that's one of the phrases like i hate it when people say because I'm like, but you are. You're just a really high-functioning one. Right. Right. But you can still be put down by your base instincts because that happens all the fucking time. Right. Right. So. Right. Well, and it's like, it's not like a bear's going to run up to you and be like, oh, shit, I was about to eat you. You're not an animal. Right. <laughs> but like, no. <laughs> nah. I only eat animals. I'm a bear. I'm an animal. Clearly, you're something completely different than me. There's no meat or bones or something in you. It's like you got too much carbs, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching a- my calorie yeah. intake. No, no, the bear's gonna be like, look at this fucking animal. I got, I got like <laughs> three thousand calories to put in for six months while I hibernate. I'm trying yeah. to watch my figure. Just this pretty little black beard that I want to <laughs> get with once that sun comes up, right? Like, <laughs> pretty little black beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then I guess I mean so now we're at the end of it. I don't know. I mean cuz his election, Trump's election was just last month. 
I mean, since then, what? I mean, other than his appointments, I mean, what has really what has really happened? I mean, well, our Sounders won. Yeah, so, like that's eh, good news. Yeah, right. a bunch of Sounders people. I mean, I'm a Timbers fan. Sorry, everybody hate me forever. Oh, well, whatever. But that's, uh, that, that's, but that's the okay. Our Sounders, in the sense that I live in Seattle, and so it's the the cities, the people who I live around, they love it. So, so that's cool. You know, they got that. And all uh, right, Mr. Conestoga. Dude, man, we <laughs> we won last year. Like I, okay, no, no, yeah, it's all good. PDX, baby. It was, all right, it was a thing. I it mean, thing. I like that the '90s are alive in Portland. Uh, yeah, and they're slowly dying because money. It's like it's becoming the '90s Seattle. Yeah, like, just before Amazon moved down here, like literally, like. When when you were like, oh shit, this is too expensive to live here, but you still came down because you thought it was cool, and now it's like, oh, it's too expensive to live here, and it's lame, and you don't go down there anymore because it's all about condos and a big wheel. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if I wanted condos and a big wheel, I'd go fucking stay in Los Angeles and go on the Wheel of Fortune, and actually, I'd probably, if I really wanted, I'd go to The Price Is Right. Because that big wheel is way cooler than the other one. Right. Like, I can yell letters all day, but you know Gina's going to get the G, and it's going to spell the last half of that word, and she's going to get it before me, and I won't get no money. <laughs> but on Price is Right, I will tell you how much breakfast cereal costs. Like, That's right. Right now, like two fifty. <laughs> I, I love I love the prices right. Yeah. Oh my god, that show! I need to go to either Vegas or maybe all the way back to Atlantic City where you can do the uh, the live show, oh. where like. Like you don't have to go to the one in Burbank, California, or wherever. Uh, you can go. It's kind of like you know how they do those. It's like a running gig. That's just kind of like a thing you can go to. It's not filmed. Yeah, I don't think it's filmed. It's just. It's like a. It's just a a game show. Yeah, like they have a random hoses of like, welcome to the Price is Right Live, where everybody in the audience has a chance to win fun prizes. So who's coming down to the stage today? It's like kind of like that. It, it's okay. like you know, and. Uh, That'd be cool. I mean, that or the Burbank one. I mean, the Burbank one would just like blow my mind. Right. Oh my god. I would like. I love. I love it. How. What's your favorite game? <sighs> I think either. I I like the one. Uh, I want to say Plinko. Plinko. I mean, that's where you can get the most money. Right. But fifty k, baby. I also like the one where you got to compare two items. And then you have to like flip it up or down to oh. see which the right number is because I feel like that has like I feel like you can suss that out the easiest. Yeah. So I mean, clearly, okay. Like, let's exclude Plink- Plinko because everyone knows Plink- Plinko is where you can get the most money. Right. Exactly. Other than the showcase, you can get the most money on Plinko. So we know that. So yeah, we're not about the money. The fun. Let's, what's the fun factor? So the two that I would say are um, the cliffhanger. Uh, that's the, I was trying yodle, to think yodle, of that yodle, one. Yodle, yodle, yodle. Yeah, I mean, that, that, one's, that, that one's pretty. That you honest. have $21 or less to get all the prizes. And if you go over $21, you fall off the cliff. <laughs> and he yodels the whole way, and it's super cheesy and annoying. And then the other one I like is the car one where there's six prices, and the the cursor goes over the prices slowly, and you have to g- get the price that's just over the price of the car. And you have to yell out, that's too much. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel that game is easy because yeah. if you know, like, if they're going like, hello, <laughs> you have a Honda Accord and it's an LX edition. I'm all like, yeah, that's going to be like $23,000 to $36,000. Yeah, Come but, on. But right? here's what they do to you to screw you on that. They go $14,000, $16,740. $18,000, $21,400, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000, $21,000,
$22,200, And you're like, shit, uh, that's too much. But you're like, yeah. Right, yeah. They no, got no, you. They, they get they, it real they, tight. They, they do the get it real tight. Yeah. That, is, that is so true. But it's my favorite one because he's like, that's too much. And then, like, I started saying that to people, like, all the time when something would happen in front right, of me. Right, be like, like, that's too much. Like, the funny thing is, if I don't think you'll ever see, like, a Hyundai, a Mazda, or a Kia on that show. It'll never... Not re- as often. Right? Honda, Honda has. They've done a Honda or two. Oh, yeah, wait. Did I say Honda? I didn't mean to say Honda. Yeah, but I mean, Kia, Toyota... They don't you, really you would get a Toyota us, one, maybe, probably. Yeah. I mean, anything like that you see often, uh, like Honda, yeah. Toyota, Lexus, Ford. Yeah, Ford, but they did for a while. They only did American. Yeah. It was like Chevy, Buick, uh, a Jeep. It was always the Jeep Wrangler with the surfboards on top. And then the bikini babe. Do you know they have dudes now? They have they have Barker or or you know Drew Carey beauties who are dudes. No, huh? They're they're they, you know they're woke too. I guess you know. I mean, I mean, who? I mean, who was watching The Prizes Right anyway? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. My mom was right. right. Back in the day, so I mean, the only time where the beauties were like really important to me was when that uh that one Zering chick was on there, and like she was just ridiculously hot and 90210 was hip at the time and so Ian Ziering of the he actually is famous for the Sharknado films also oh yeah I know I know who you're yeah. talking about so I he think married, he likes to say it's Ian Ziering oh my bad my bad like, there no, you go. It's all no you're right no you're 100% like, right he, yeah, he's no. very particular about when I that, said though. it it didn't I sound I said it like I know him personally it, when I said it it didn't sound right and I was wondering why but you're right it's the Ian yeah Ian Lion like a Zion. Um, but yeah, no, Ian uh, Ziering. So his he married one of the Barker beauties. And she was like, well, okay then. The hottest of the hot. And then they had, like, you know, they had a Hollywood wedding. So it basically ended a couple years later. But she was off the show. And, you know, 90210 gets canceled. And he ends up in Sharknado 15 years later. But you know what I mean. Anyway, with Tara Reid, I think she was in that movie. So yeah, I think yeah. so too. There's like four of those movies now. No, they're hip. They're like the, uh, they're like the Fast and Furious of cable. Right. Yeah, they'll just keep making them because people keep watching them. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess that's what happens when you watch. I mean, it's about the same. You're like, I, I want, I want fast cars. I want, I want, I want a Vin Diesel. I want like a rock. I want, I want like pretty girls. And I want, did I say fast cars? <laughs> and then like, <laughs> and then like, and then like the other ones like, I want, I want, I want like, I want like a pretty girl. I want like a mediocre dude who's maybe popular in the 90s. <laughs> I want I want like a storm of some form and like if it could involve like sea creatures like I don't know if you like like I like sharks I like really like sharks I like sharks and tornadoes man if I could have sharks and tornadoes and like terror reed just like a little bit of terror reed and I like <laughs> I like watch it all the time man I just watch it all the time it doesn't even matter if there's a plot or a story or like oh writing or dialogue just just <laughs> just a little bit of that just a little bit of that Oh, you got Sharknado? Oh, you got a Sharknado over there? Oh, I want to check that out. Right. <laughs> I guess I guess if we're doing a review of 2016, yeah, what we else? gotta we gotta talk about all the people who passed away. Holy because shit! This 20, shit is fucked up. 2016 fucked us. All right, dude. David First, Bowie, dude, Prince, 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 like, Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, fucking <sighs> Alan Thick. Oh my God, Alan Thick just went. God damn. Right. Dude, we're losing them all. Uh, right, like it was. Fun. 
We just lost John Glenn. Yeah, John Spaceman Glenn. Senator, Fuck Democratic it. Senator. Right, and when I found out he ran back in like 1984, I am like, what if he had gotten elected instead of Reagan? Dude, dude, we all would have been to space. Space dude. camp wouldn't have been a movie; it'd have been a documentary. Oh my god! And we would have been in it with uh, oh. with Leaf, uh, the guy, he, he, uh, Phoenix. His name at the time was Leaf Phoenix. Now he's Joaquin. But yeah, Leaf Phoenix. He was in Space Camp. Oh, okay. See, that's why we got to go back in time. And go rig the nineteen eighty four election. Yeah. Like yeah. straight up. And it totally is nineteen eighty four because that's when that movie came out because it came out one month after the Challenger explosion, which oh, was also yeah, nineteen eighty four. Damn. I think eighty four, eighty six. Damn, we bringing it down. Chan, I can't think of like those. Anyway, are so yeah, so John Glenn, David Bowie, Prince, Alan Rickman. God, there was even more, man. There Alan's so many more. Alan's like, so Vic. famous. Uh I mean I feel like I should I should probably like give it a Google while we're while we're doing that. Uh, Alan Thick though, man. Growing Pains. Oh, my God. Dude. Like That theme song was my jam, though. I won't even lie. No, that's... Uh, no, that's Who's the Boss. <laughs> yeah, that was Who's the Boss. <laughs> also good. Also good. And the answer is Mona, right? Like, clearly, Mona was the boss. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, it never was Tony. Like, it was like, no, Tony was just there with, uh, oh, God. Tony got married to the chick just so he didn't get kicked out. Right, like, but Alyssa Milano is bae, y'all. Oh, Alyssa dude, Milano always, is Always, still, shout out, like, if she's a fan of the podcast. Like, like Alyssa like, Milano, yeah. if you listen to this, like, you inaugural know. podcast, just say, I used to watch Charmed when I was a kid, uh, and I had a poster of Charmed in my room, and you were bae. Boom. Piper, nuh-uh. Yeah, right. No, it's all. Oh, yeah. Phoebe, get it, girl. And uh, yeah, no. Listen, Milano, man. Who's a boss? But what's the theme song to to Growing Pain? Show me that smile, look, and show <laughs> me that <laughs> smile. No way to the minute on your. Cr- okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. We're going through. Yeah. Okay, no, that's a good one. We and the world's united in our hands, cause baby, we gotta be the luckiest dreamers to ever stop dreaming. Yeah, that's so good. We didn't get it right at all, but it's so good. It's too good. It's too fucking good. Holy shit. Okay. God damn, I miss you already. And Alan Thick wrote that, yo. Like, Oh, for real? For real. Wow. Yeah. Alan no, no wonder Robin Thicke is all. Yeah. Alan Thicke wrote, um, he wrote a lot of popular, um, uh, like, like theme songs. The Facts of Life, Different Strokes. Oh, my God. The Facts of Life was my jam. Uh, Wheel of Fortune. What? Yeah. Wheel of you take the good, you take the bad, you <laughs> take the things you never had. The facts of life. The, the facts, facts of life. life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yo, we lost Muhammad Ali this year. That's all fucking shit. Dude, Damn. We, we lost Muhammad Ali. Holy fuck. We lost David Bowie. We lost Fidel Castro. I mean. Small victories. <laughs> we lost Patty Duke. I wasn't aware of that. Small victories, he says. Small victories. which we said. Oh, my God. Oh, we just lost Flores Henderson. I forgot. Miss Brady. Shit. Oh. See, I, I think I really do. Gwen I- Eiffel, yo. Dude, pull it. 
a, a black chick from uh, PBS did all the Washington, oh, shit, Washington yes. Week. She yes. always did the vice presidential debates. Damn, I loved her, man. She was. Right. I'm a poli sci guy, and she was good. We lost Harper Lee. She wrote uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh yeah, that's right. And, and then she wrote that really whack ass one where oh. all of a sudden, <laughs> homie was like a it. racist guy. I haven't read it. I haven't yet. read it, but oh supposedly Atticus Finch becomes an asshole. Oh like, my god. I know. Uh, Arnold Palmer. All right. All right. Good drink. Reasonable golfer. Prince. Oh. Right. Nancy Reagan, the clearly the better half. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Never. She I never dare you to do something. Let me stop. Let me stop. She oh never. Oh, my God. Yes. Just, just say no. Just, like just say no. You see this egg frying? This is your. Did Mind you, on drugs. Did you know we lost Janet Reno this year? I didn't realize that. I don't know how I feel about that. Janet Reno, remember her? She, I do. Yeah, I remember her from the, the 90s. 90s. Yeah. And and we lost Antonin Scalia. Oh, yeah, which yeah. opened up. That is actually something that is like a like auxiliary related to like this election. This election. Because He's getting one, and he could get a couple more, depending on if right? he's a resigner, retire, or And die. wasn't Antonin Scalia put in by Reagan? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, damn. Yeah, so Scalia got put in by Reagan, and yeah. So, yeah, and let's see what else. We got uh, Pat Summit. Do you know who she is? No, I don't. She was the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers bas- women's basketball team oh. for, um, I think, uh, 38 seasons, winning 1,098 games. She's the all-time winningest coach in college history of, of all sports. Well, hey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she died of breast cancer. We also lost an, this one I don't know. Uh, it's... Uh, and L Ellie Weissel, and uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that he, one either. He, Weissel family. He he made he basically uh, educating people about the Holocaust. Okay, and Gene Wilder. Oh, I forgot he. That's right. Oh, dude. Uh, my favorite when I was a kid, Char- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's right. But oh. his movie is Willy Wonka and the Willy Charlie Wonka Factory. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is better. I knew someone was going to cry. See, I like, like, like I, I host trivia, and sometimes <laughs> we'll ask questions specifically, and uh, just know Gene Wilder, Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka, and Johnny Depp is Charlie. It's Charlie. Right? Like, that's, yeah. that, that's what you got to know. I know that sounds like we're not here for pedantry, but just in case someone is, you know, you know. There you go. Well, we ran through it, man. Well, I mean, cheers to the fallen. Right. We, uh, in 2016, we'll live on. They won't. No, it's going to happen to all That's of sad. us. That's sad. I mean. Yeah. I mean, eventually. I mean, all these people, though. I mean, this was this was a big year on some like big names, though. So, and like to discuss, like, like in my mind, like the two that really stand out. I mean, because it was so close to each other, and and they're they're musically inclined. It's Prince and Bowie. Yeah. And like. And Prince was young, though. Prince he was, was young. Fifty-seven. Right. Bowie. Bowie had cancer. He knew it was happening. He was already a pre. I really respect the way Bowie went out. Yeah, like, like it's really sad that he wrote that album, and it, it actually touches on that shit, and we have that now. But what is the fact that he kind of internalized it and was like, "I don't need the public's sympathy. 
I'm a mm-hmm. rich, wealthy guy. I've traveled the world. I've had hits. I've lived through every era of music that I needed to. You know, I'm just going to work on this art and make sure it gets put out before I go. And did yeah. that. And then dies. Whereas Prince is like this whole other weird thing. It's like con- it's like conjoined with another big problem in 2016 and the last few years, which is the pill slash heroin ec- epidemic. And oh yeah, I mean, well, that's what happens when you're feeding people opioids, right? Right, and opioids fuck you up, right? Right. I mean, and that's and and then you demonize these other drugs like marijuana and 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 concentrated marijuana and things that people do, right? Which and actually goes back to uh, you know 1970s and the whole you know, well we can't actually make it illegal to be against the war in black, but we can demonize the shit out of heroin and weed right. and associated with these people, right? And <clears throat> have you ever seen the HBO documentary? Um, the Bastards of the Party. I have not. So the Bastards of the Party is uh, by a former Blood member of South Central Los Angeles. And it was produced in 2005 for HBO. And I heard it on a podcast um, with uh, Moshe Kasher brought it up. I forget which podcast he was he was on. Uh, it might have been Pete Holmes. I think he was on You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. And and Moshe Kasher was talking about this documentary, and I just hearing knowing Moshe Kasher and knowing like his sense of humor, like he's always been this kind of pro-black white comic. He's Jewish, yeah, but like yeah. he's always been this guy. He like stretches that boundary because he grew up in Oakland, and so he associates with that struggle because he was poor growing up in Oakland, and so the people that he saw around him were black. And literally, his high school was a black high school. He was one of the few white persons, oh, which okay, is kind yeah. of a, a, a culture flip as far as we envision, or at least where I went. I went to school in the country. I think there were two black families in high school at the time that I went there. The Heinemans, who were amazing, they all played football and like worked at the thing. And then this one guy who transferred from California, he didn't have his parents or anything. He was like 20 years old. And needed one more year of high school and somehow ended up in my school. And he made us all call him Stick. He's like, yo, my name's Stick. And he was totally different than the Heinemans. The Heinemans yeah. were like, we're going to study. We're going to fucking be a part of this community. It's all right that we're the only black family. Like, we got this. And Stick was just like, no, I'm going to be every black stereotype that these people are trying to ignore. And it that was is like smoking blunts in front of the school <laughs> and like call me stick. And like, like he was, he was a, cra- it was a crazy experience. Cause this school is tiny. He's one of 415 kids in mm-hmm. the school is this guy's stick. And so, so that was my experience growing up. And so to hear about Moshe Kasher, it's like, he's the stick of this high school in Oklahoma, in Oakland. He's this white guy who, like, his parents grew up in New York and moved to Oakland, and so he had no ties to Oakland or anything. And here are these people whose families have lived there and known the city, and they know the back roads, and they know it, and they look at him like, who are you, man? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and so it was cool. So, But he he, describing this whole scenario, sorry to throw a stick under the bus, he actually was a cool guy, and his blunts were cool. Uh, He actually taught most of us white kids how to roll blunts, so there you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, he had to go to parties somewhere, right? Like, I mean, no, of course. <laughs> I mean, the yeah. older people are gonna judge <laughs> yeah. the shit out of them because yeah. they're old and right. Stodgy, oh, dude, he got kicked out of every class I had with him. Like, I only had two periods with him, but he would literally walk in the door 
And the teacher would be like, are you going to be a problem today, Stick? And he's like, fuck you. And the teacher would be like, you need to leave. And like, <laughs> and like <laughs> we just loved it. We we just loved it because literally he was <laughs> he was saying what was on our minds. And I'm not making this shit up, man. This shit is real as fuck. Oh, man. Chimokum High School. Shout out. Real story, man. Right. And yeah. then me back in Philadelphia, I went to, um, if you don't know, I went to William Penn Charter School. And if you're like one of the few listeners out there that's like, wait a second, you went to that private affluent as fuck school in Philadelphia. I'm like, yes, because my dad was the superintendent of grounds and transportation. Oh, there you go. Right. So I went there from kindergarten to seventh grade. And then I left in seventh grade because I thought the grass would be greener on the other side. But as I know now, the grass is greener on the side you water it. And I didn't water any side, so it was barren and just bad and just like, <gasps> childhood, don't talk about it. Hey, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I caught that. Oh, I think we're still going. It's just, yeah. That was, well, there we go. Anyway. Yeah, we had a weird thing happen, but that's okay, guys. Professional, professional. They may or may not hear it, depending on how much we edit. I just definitely turned my up. But, okay. There, there. That's that's where I like it. Yours might be. Did I turn you down? Let me see. Maybe. Yeah. Is this thing? Uh, you're one. Oh. Anyway, so oh yeah, there that we, that we had an audio thing. That was cool. Towards the end, I, like, knock it, and I caught it at one moment. It was like I was, like, being Superman catching that. But yeah, uh, so Moshe Kasher, uh, it's called Bastards of the Party. This is a movie he brings up on this podcast called You Made It Weird. And uh, it's it's about this guy uh, whose street name is Bone. And he's from the Bloods in the, uh, in the uh, South Central Los Angeles area. And, and he's talking about going through the late 80s and 90s of the Bloods versus Chris movement. And it 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 just chronicalizes like what you were talking about marijuana and all these policies over time dating back literally to slavery and moving through that created this environment for violence in the black community and it actually is a recent occurrence on the idea of black on black crime is 100% a modern thing. If you go back to the late 1800s, the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, the black community was strong. And it actually was working in a lot of western uh, areas, like Seattle, Portland, uh, San Francisco. There's even, like, there's a lot of places that have a lot of racist laws out there. Like, Seattle. Now. Even, no, no, not even now. Like, in Seattle, in, like, the, the early 1900s. The housing. If you, yeah, if you wanted to be black and buy a house right. above Seattle's Mason-Dixon, which is Le- Yesler Way. Right. You had to have a white person go to the bank with you and say, it's okay that this person buys this house. Right. Right. And then not even to mention all the other, like, oh, God. I can't remember where Black Wall Street was, but there was a black Wall Street where there was being American money interchanged by um, primarily black-owned businesses, right. and they burned it down. Yeah. Right? So, like, like yeah, this is just, like, if you look at, as you said earlier, the soup that makes up ba- Black Lives Matter, 
it is so it goes so deep. It does. It is so like but, uh, so and I think people are just skimming off the top at the moment and they're not diving in. Yeah. So this movie well, uh, this movie's like it's very specific to this thing. Uh but it, what it what it associates with is a series of policies that are very specific in organizing uh this movement that eventually leads to this black on black crime. Because what I was basically saying was the black community in the 1950s, yes, they were totally being oppressed and there were terrible laws and stuff. But what I was saying is there were successes, like you were saying, the Black Wall Street. So there were successes occurring up until about the 1950s, even though there's restrictions and areas and all that. And the black community as a whole was pretty unified. They had their leaders, they had their divisions, their churches, their different segregated kind of divisions amongst themselves, but they weren't against each other really and it wasn't until the policing tactics of los angeles that later kind of translated into this kind of urban culture as we know today in policing habits that created the bloods and crips out of the dissolution of the black panthers and that was a really interesting poignant part of this documentary was that the FBI and Edgar uh, Hoover uh, labeled the Black Panthers this enemy of the state, essentially. and The same way they're trying to label Black Lives Matter now, which is interesting. And dismantled them from within and from without. They attacked them with raids, and they also uh, went after them with... Uh, Internal, uh, they would get, they would infiltrate. They would, they would pay certain influenced black people to join the organization and basically give them information and stuff. And and they dissolved the black the Black Panther Party eventually with this famous raid. And uh, what fell out of that were these black empowerment movements, one of which was called the Crips. And what the Crips were all about were kind of picking up the pieces of the Black Panther movement. Oh, okay. And and serving the public and the community. But there are actual, if you watch this documentary, there are recorded phone conversations with this general of it. I, I want to say his name was Reynolds Washington, but it was something Washington. And he is recorded on these conversations. And it's really funny because the way he's talking, even though it's recorded in like 1956 or something, he sounds like a friend of like Snoop Dogg, the way he's talking, like the mm -hmm. the way he, he's like he's saying things like "Yo, Crippin for life," like he's like saying <laughs> things like that. But what he's meaning to say is that Crippin, we're gonna be about the community. We're gonna be and like he's just talking about Crip life. And they have this phone call recorded on this documentary, and it kind of blows your mind because it's like, holy shit, the Crips were community organizers. Yeah. And then the police systematically took down uh, these agencies the way they were operating, and they had to go covert. And once they started going covert, they basically became a criminal organization. Mm. They were running their money underneath. They were doing everything they could to subvert. And once okay, that makes a lot of sense. Once they created, so once you're subversed, once you're organized crime. There's really no going back because now you've eliminated taxes, you've eliminated regulation, oversight, you've eliminated authority, you've eliminated a lot of the problems that they were facing. They just can't get caught. And at the same time, there was this other group that I, they weren't at all called the Bloods. They had another name completely. And they were uh, forming also in Los Angeles. And just with a little bit of like letter writing, the uh, police created a disturbance between the two parties. 
and created this idea that one was going to have to win out and the city was going to accept them and then they would give them all they wanted. But there definitely wasn't going to be both of them. And they kind of hint with these fake letters that were sent supposedly between the two. Subterfuge is a bitch. And (laughs) got them to basically be violent and eventually it ended up with two Crips getting shot on the UCLA campus that had gone there to do a speech to the youth about their movement and how these UCLA students could participate in the Crip movement. And these two Crips were shot and the assailants were black. And it's actually one of the first like listed instances of publicly kind of put on the front page of the news two slain in UCLA, black on black crime as we kind of know it today, is these shooting oh, violent crimes. Okay, damn. Yeah. I didn't even know all that. I gotta watch this documentary. Yeah. Now. Because before that it mostly was racially driven crime between blacks and whites. Yeah, of course there are anomalies and people have problems and it doesn't matter where you're from. I mean there's white on white crime everywhere. Oh but yeah. but the that community because they had gone through so much they kind of had this unity factor, and like you said, it took subversion to create this divide, and it started in Los Angeles, and it spread. It spread once people, and then later that gets fed into the whole 80s crack idea. That's kind of where he picks up the story. Is like He was the child of the late 70s going through the 80s mm-hmm. and that whole crack movement, and that literally was the CIA just being like, oh, we just got to give both these groups crack. They'll sell the crack. They'll buy it back from us because our people that were giving them crack are taking the money. Mm. We'll go buy guns <coughs> and send that shit to Nicaragua. And that was the whole idea. Damn. That, yo, America, yeah. you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it, and, and like I just watched that fucking shit a week ago. And that thing came out in 2005. And you haven't even heard about it. And it's like, yeah. and that was just a documentary on HBO. But I listened to some fucking podcast, and a guy brought it up, referenced it, like, yo, I saw this, and it, and and I know him as this comedian from Oakland, so when he's talking about these black movements, I know he's coming from a place of, like, oh, this is going to be informative. You know, he's not coming from, like, just like, a, oh, I'm a white guy who really enjoys black culture. Like mm-hmm. me circa 2006 when I was a reggae DJ. You know, <laughs> like, like I probably had no business doing that, but, like, I was in Portland, and I really was into Junior Reed, so, you know, what are you going to do? But more so than that, he actually like is public in the persona of of this the, of this lo- of this movement. So I watched that, and yeah, look at that, eleven uh, year old documentary. I've seen it a week ago. Blew my mind. Yeah, you just you guys got a, a hint into the social economic problems that happen in the hood that you don't know about. Yeah, and probably don't care about. And you'd probably be if you had to live like that, you'd probably be fucked up, right? But just so you know. Just so you know, yeah, it's and that's and that's kind of to to sum it all up in a way and talk about how 2016 has has come to this head and now we're you know what are we 15 days away from oh yeah from the new year oh wait, is it 16 because it has 31 days in December right no yeah. is it 30 I mean there's there's 31 but I mean I guess yeah it's not quite midnight so yeah yeah you're like you're like 15 in two hours. Yeah, that's 31 days. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, 15, two hours. My birthday's next week. Oh, hey. What are you doing for your birthday? I don't know. There's no s- cool strip clubs in Seattle, so I'm not doing that. Yeah, don't go to the strip clubs in Seattle. I'm maybe sorry, maybe Seattle. snowboarding. If they if they get enough snow up in the mountains, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll venture up there. That'd be that'd be a fun time. There you go. You say it's next Wednesday? Is that like it's next Wednesday? Twenty first. Yeah. First day of winter. Oh, creating that. Just bringing the snow. Just bringing it. 
Solstice. Sol- right. I'm a solstice kid. Yeah. Right. Solstice like, cast in a in a cusper because it's like that's the end of the uh, the zodiac thing. Oh uh, yeah. So you're not quite Sagittarius, but you might be a little. Is I'm it Capricorn I'm or Aquarius? Sa- I'm a little Sagicat. Sagicat. There I'm you Sagicat. go. I always forget around this time of year whether people are like Capricorn or Aquarius. Yeah, they're all Sag. This, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. My my Saggy side's the smart end, and then the Capricorn one's the weird guy who like just like, <laughs> doesn't know what's going on. So, you know, I'm split by it. But yeah, I would date Sagittariuses. So all you out there, like we eat. We <laughs> eat. <laughs> but I'm also weird because I'm the other <laughs> half. But like, for instance, if I met a Sagittarius out there. It would work out. Um, so that being said, 2016 is coming to an end. We're here. We're living it live. Uh, what? Yeah, we're going to see what 2017 is going to bring. Like, overall, like, everything around 2016 was a shitty. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I made some progress in life. You know, I'm looking, like, at least for myself, I'm looking forward to 2017. Okay. Right? Like, and what I can do. And what I'll be capable of achieving, hopefully, you know, unless, you know, Donald Trump literally fucks it up. Like, like, I don't like looking at everything that's going on with him. I really don't know what to expect. I I mean, I expect a fascist state unless we do a lot to stop him from doing so. But and I do not want to turn into like the 1940s Europe anytime soon so fuck i don't know all right <laughs> yeah well yo's it's been it's been real we don't have a name for this show yet so it'll it'll be on the scroll when you when you download it because by that point we'll we'll have figured out we'll figure out is. what to call it uh you can catch my man chaz live and affected geeks who drink oh yeah i host trivia dot com. i should call it trivia it's pub quiz. What am I doing? Pub quiz. My higher ups are gonna hate me for calling it that. Oh goodness. Pub quiz trivia. I think we might have to edit that out. But Whatever. Eh. Nah, but I host pub quiz here in Seattle. Yeah. If come it, check them out. Right. Wins- hottest ones Wednesdays of St. John's and Cap Hill. Okay. If you want to do that, you can also follow me on Twitter at cr um at crsii, where I post random things. I usually just post stuff that's going on in my head at the moment and is really random. So if you like following a random guy who, you know, will talk about his observations of the world from time to time, then do so. There you go. And uh, you can follow me, I guess right now I'm at, at C-Town Mayor. Oh, there you go. Because uh, I was inspired by Harmon Town to do comedy. And so I created a comedy-based Twitter because all my other ones were based on podcasts. So he is the Harmon Town Mayor. I'm the C-Town Mayor. So I'm at C-Town Mayor. That's where that comes from. Uh, his movie, Harmontown, was really inspiring for me because it talked about how if you're different and you're weird, don't worry, everyone else out there is too. So just fucking say what you want to say and people will hear it. And if they want to feel it, they'll feel it. And if they don't, fuck off. That's, that's basically, that, that's, that's some real talk life advice, y'all. I like it. I'm going to play something to get these people motivated for on us way out. And otherwise, peace out, homies. Peace. Day and night, I toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. I look for peace, but see, I don't attain what I need for keeps this silly game we play, play. Now look at this. 
Madness the magnet keeps attracting me, me. I try to run, but see, I'm not that fast. I think I'm first, but surely finish last, last. Cause day and night, the lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the